Hello, everybody, and welcome to the brand new show covering AEW's Saturday Night Collision. Welcome to the aftermath of the collision. Yes, welcome to the wreckage. Uh, we're here, uh, brought to you by the uh, Hameen Media Group, channelattitude.com, and all you wonderful fans out there supporting us as we review your professional wrestling. I want to give a really, really big shout out to Big Ray Hernandez, who uh, basically swooped in at the last second, even though it's Father's Day, even though he's dad, even though he's got stuff to do, um, and basically saved this from becoming an absolute disaster on week one. So we'll be better next time, but a big thank you to Ray uh, and everybody else who helped make this happen this week. Um, hey, if you don't know who I am, um, then allow me to reintroduce myself. No, my name is Christopher Rams. Uh, it's uh, AMBS, like Lambs with Noel, uh, or uh, bullshit first thing in the morning. And don't worry, folks, if you ever forget how to say my name, uh, I'll just remind you, at the beginning of every show. Um, I'm going to be the host, the MC, the head of the spear for this particular HMG and Channel Attitude project. And I'll be running a roster of guests that will be in and out. And we'll have new new faces and old faces and people who have been here and people who haven't. Um, but uh, starting us out, I guess the, uh, the to, for, for now, he's the Christian to my edge, the the Michaels to my Janetti, the JR to my Lawler, um, my unquestionably questionable co-host who will boast from the Rocky Point Coast. He's got his own Sicaria and he brings the boom. He's the one and only Gardener of Doom, Jeff Lippman. Jeff, how the hell are you? I'm all right, and, and I think I qualify as the oldest face. So there you go, folks. You're, you're getting old man mountain here in the first time. And yes, Thank you, Ray, our, our personal AAA. When we put the, the roadside flares on on the hazard lights, you were the trucker that stopped by and flashed us and instead of murdering us, actually uh, rescued us and took us to safety. So thank you for that. Chris, I'm happy to be here with you. And you know what? Maybe if we had seen this show before, maybe we would come up with a more friendly name for it than... than wreckage though it was fun collision wreckage we do you know the wednesday night skirmish you know we did the conflict when we were covering nxt for a while so it you know was theme and i like the name and then i think the logo is cool and all that but make no mistake this show did you know it was it perfect no but if if there was but if there was a collision like maybe a tail light got busted and there was a little a couple scrapes here but but the car is is still looking pretty damn good yeah, I mean, I definitely came away from this show with some really, really happy feelings. You know, I we've been talking for the last number of weeks here. You know, like you said, on the skirmish, on the smack, on the smack attack, um, and basically everywhere else where anyone's asked me about it. And I've said I am really, I I know that I probably shouldn't have been, but I'm glad that I was optimistic about this show. I really was thinking, man, if they could just, I know they've got a good roster, you know, they've got, and I, we, they announced and they had really good announcers, you know, people who I was looking forward to listening to. We'll get into JR's issues um, a little bit later as his voice is, I, I don't know if he's just losing his voice completely or what, but he had some issues tonight, but Really good announced team that I was looking forward to. Great roster. The set looks good. And I just thought to myself, and I've been saying, man, if they just book this different, it's going to be good. And Jeff, this was good. This was a good show. 
Yeah, you you have been unquestionably optimistic about this the whole time. Everyone who knows me knows this, including me, because I'm familiar with myself, that I am skeptical to cynical. Uh, and and some of you would be fair in saying downright pessimistic. Uh, looking always looking for the negative. I am Morose the gardener even. of doom. That's right, morose even. I, I am the gardener of doom after all. Um, but I was cautiously optimistic here, and I agree with pretty much everything. I, I thought the commentary was a breath of fresh air. Nobody was screaming at me. Nobody was trying to be funny. Nobody was trying to get attention for themselves. It 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 had felt like listen. It wasn't perfect. It. it after the punk promo, there was some limping until the show got its tempo, and it took a little bit. But once it found its tempo, it was it was clear sailing for the most part. And I don't know. I just felt like everybody. It's like they had done this show for three or four years, and every and they were comfortable in their role, but they weren't. It was their first night working. Um, and we can talk about Jr. when we get there, but the, you know that's that's hardly the, the the starting point. The starting point, which. Listen, this could have been the first fumble. The, the first fumble could have been not starting collision with cult of personality and having CM Punk speak, and it wasn't. I'm going to give them a pass on the song. Anyone to No, I don't think Elton John's Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting is the right song for, for a wrestling show. I don't think Elton John has a right song for a wrestling show. It's like having Ario Speedwagon or Rick Astley do a wrestling song. So, you know... The choices, I know the title of the song fits, but choice aside, let's move past that. Show starts exactly as it should with Cult of Personality, Full House. What a difference a full house in a big arena makes with that sound, organic sound, yep. real sound. I thought, thought the crowd's reactions were were natural the whole time. No one pretending that they're singing, you know, doing uh, Bask in His Glory or doing the Seth Rollins song or singing Judas. Not, none of that nonsense. No one pretending the Jungle Boy is a good wrestler. And the camera angles, they could use the full 360 because they, they didn't have to avoid giant swaths of emptiness. <laughs> so you could see the entire audience, which took away from me having to see Aubrey Edwards, who either was a, bit, a little bit demure for herself or just the camera angles being able to move around meant I didn't always have to see her in there trying to get herself in a camera shot because she didn't know where to be to get herself on the camera shot. Whatever it was, everything looked better. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, the show begins with CM Punk as it should, right? I mean, there was no better way to start this. You already, I've been saying for weeks now, they better start with Cult of Personality because if they don't, they're going to have an entire arena of people just drowning out whatever else is happening with CM Punk chants. Yep. You're not going to get this crowd to shut up. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously they had to do it and they did it. They went with a really good, this was, this was a really good impassioned promo from CM Punk. This was something more akin to what I'm looking for when I when I think about okay, CM Punk is back, right? We got on Wednesday nights the happy punk. I'm just I'm so happy to be here and I'm real happy and thanks for having me everybody and aw shucks and it was more like you know CM Cena for fuck's sakes on Wednesday he, nights. He, he felt like the street prophets when they did then their narrator give you know thing on, on Raw. 
not not good and and this was like i said it was way better there were there now there are two quotes that i'm going to specifically highlight that he that he said that were absolutely fucking fantastic broke legs with both of these quotes so he says you can call me anything you want you can call me a hero you can call me you you can call me a villain you can love me you can hate me call me whatever you want you can call me one bill phil because I am the only genuine article in a business full of counterfeit bucks. Shots fired. <clears throat> Shots fired. I loved it. And, and targets hit. <laughs> yeah. And here's the other one that really hit home for me. <clears throat> if you think I owe you an apology, then I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the only people softer than you are the wrestlers that you look up to. It, it was. Oh. It, 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 it was beautiful and. I, there were a few things I admired from uh, about this promo, but even before the promo, him coming out wearing a Larry shirt. I mean, that right there, that was a shot right there. And it's just the, the choice of shirt. And it was amazing. And there was, and there was nothing, there was nothing subtle about it. Um, and, I didn't quite get the thing about the, the the shoes around it. I didn't understand that those were his wrestling boots because it looked like he was wearing wrestling boots or some form of or something he might have stolen from Seth Rollins. The bag, I had a feeling a belt was in there. If I had any major issue with this promo at all, it was when he was referring to the belt in the bag. He didn't take it out and drape it and put it down there, the, a, the AEW title, which, by the way, is available because aside from there being replica belts for sale, MJF doesn't even use the AEW title. He's had it custom made into a Burberry print. So there actually is the AEW title out there somewhere that, that you know that he could have draped that. I think that would have that was a visual not had. But that said, that's nitpicking. And listen, yeah. picking nits is something that I do. That's why I am on podcasts. But yeah, you you picked the great lines. But there was another one. He said, "As long as I'm here, this is going to be about the professional wrestling." Pregnant pause business yeah so this wasn't that to me was this isn't a war between professional wrestling and sports entertainment that's bullshit i'm about the professional wrestling business yeah and i'm that, here to make money exactly yeah no this, that was another great line um you know what there was one more too i just thought of since mm -hmm. we're bringing up mjf and the belt um he said you know i i got to where i am not by not by having, not by being in the best dog collar match of all time, but by winning in the it. best yeah. dog collar match of all time. That was great. I was <laughs> CM Punk just hits on all cylinders here in this opening promo for me. And um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it other than I just loved it. This was I have one other thing. So apparently he's used this device before, but like most folks know, I'm not a CM Punk guy. Like when he was at his biggest. I either wasn't watching the shows he was on or I wasn't watching wrestling, period, uh, or just checking in and out a little bit in any event. But he kept saying, you know, stop me when I'm telling lies. You know, he kept he kept repeating like that line three or four times. And that was a device I've seen comedians like Dave Chappelle do and, and, and others to sort of control the narrative, to keep themselves on track and to have a theme in the audience. Like, this is what my speech is about. I've seen politicians do it. I've seen motivational speakers uh, use it. And and he used it extremely effectively. And I don't remember seeing professional wrestlers do it 
before. And I thought it was extremely effective here. I don't know if it's something he should always do because this was sort of the this was sort of his Gettysburg address. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought that that was really well done, and I really enjoyed him, him continuously. You know, every so often bringing in, you know, stop me when I'm telling any lies or whatever the line was. It was it was really good. Well, and the line, that particular line, is actually a line that Roddy Piper used quite a bit. And people will say, there will be people online saying, oh, he just taped a bunch of Roddy Piper stuff. Even the shirt, right? It looked like the the pipe, it looked like an old Piper t-shirt that he wore that was like a Panther uh, logo on it or whatever, right? But listen, if you're going to ape somebody's promo, maybe it ought to be Roddy Piper's. And if you're going to ape somebody's matches, it probably ought to be Bret Hart. Like th- if we're if we're gonna get a Bret Hart, you know, plus Roddy Piper, you know, character here out of CM Punk, I'm all for it. I don't understand why people would dislike it. Yeah, I don't remember that many people complaining about the movie Joker saying it's just taxi driver and falling down. <laughs> you, you know, you know who complained about it? The nitpicker. Me. I'm the only one. Don't be me. Let me be yeah. me so that you can be you. <laughs> Joker was That's a good right. movie. Actually, it was a very good movie. But it was Taxi Driver. But you know what? It was a good twist and 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 turn on the movie Taxi Driver. So go enjoy it. Uh, you, you know, just, so yeah, you're right. If you're gonna ape, ape from the best. But I I do think that that he just he, there's a term in fair use called transformative work. I think mm-hmm. he transformed it enough to absolutely make it his own. And it, in the context, it was perfect. If he was just doing Roddy Piper promo out of nowhere, no, this 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 was his fight song, you know, whatever that's. So it, it was perfect. It, it was really good. That was great. It was, and and I mean, like like we've said already, couldn't have started this show off better. That was the way to start the show. So next up, we're going to move on here, and we'll talk about CM Punk some more because he had the main event, and I was very wrong about the main event. I I complained about it coming up, saying, oh, it's just a six-man. Who's going to care? They, <laughs> they made me care. Um, anyway, up next is a TNT championship match as the champion, Wardlow, defends against the right hand of destruction, Luchasaurus. Is that is that name going to stick, Jeff? Or? Uh, sure. Let's just go with yes. All right. I will say a couple of things about this match and then I'll get your thoughts on it. But um, I liked that Lucha Soros seems to have toned down his offense a bit. I think that that's both as a result of working heel and also probably as a result of being stuck around Christian a really long time. He's not doing flips and fancy flashy stuff. He True. worked like a big man tonight. And True. that's that's how you want to see a guy like that work. If everybody in the company does flips, nobody gives a shit that you can do a flip. Um, but if nobody else in the company is 260 pounds and six foot three, then you get to hold that over people. So um, I thought that they worked a, a pretty good Haas match here. It was obvious. It was obviously just power move, power move, power move. You know, this was a uh, uh, Bill Goldberg, you know, esque match where just everybody's moving on the power everybody's trying to get to their finish um i don't mind that kind of match and it 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 fit here for this for this episode uh wardlow eventually takes control with a power bomb there's a distraction by christian which allows the wish version of kane to hit a wish version of a choke slam um 
he's just not, I don't think he's quite tall enough to make that move really work. And he kind of kneeled, he kind of knelt down with it the way that uh, Scott Hall used to perform a choke slam in a very similar way. Um, but not as impactful as the one from, you know, Kane and Undertaker, stuff like that. Um, near falls from both men. Wardlow calls for the symphony. But Christian with a distraction and then hits Wardlow with a camera. There was a cameraman who got, who got you know, just he got his camera stolen. And then the camera was just destroyed over Wardlow's head. Down he goes. Uh, Luchasaurus gets the pin, the win, and the TNT championship jeff what did you think about the match okay so this this match actually made me worry a little bit for the show uh this 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 is my biggest major gripe with the show uh one i thought yes they worked a big man match but i think they worked really slowly like it was over you know how i call keith lee's matches lately ponderous and this is coming from someone who is a big fan of keith lee and and expects more and but i just feel like he's like he's like wrestling with but his legs are in two feet of of a swimming pool at the same time this is how i felt about this whole match it was like sort of in slow motion i get that they're big men but we've seen sheamus and drew mcintyre fight fast we've seen brock lesnar you know we we we've seen brian cage move faster we we've seen wardlow move faster so i i didn't love this match particularly i thought it was a little bit slow and i and at this point i started to make some excuses like maybe they're telling everybody to slow down because the, the you could tell the commentary was in control you know punk took his time with this promo and i'm like if that's the case that's good this is definitely not a tony khan book match um the the end was clever it was it it, it was classic wrestling 1980s nwa Triple H, Shawn Michaels, NXT, Billy Corgan, Schmaz finish, booking to end to end the match. I don't. The, the end was clever. I'm not going to say that it wasn't. It's just Wardlow had this belt for 59 days and lost it. This is Again. the 19th title change of the TNT title for a title that's not even three and a half years old. That's basically a title change every two months. And there were a couple of long title reigns in there. And there was also a death. Um, so, I, listen, if they're trying to, if they want to put it on a heel to get it to Miro, I'm okay with that. But really, like, isn't Wardlow someone you should invest in just as much as Miro? Um, so, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, a few months ago when, when everyone was saying Wardlow's being buried again, I, I'm like, listen. I have a feeling he gave a six-month notice, and and not, nothing's happened since has really made me change the way I feel about that. I mean, I know Arn wasn't there, and they said he was too injured to be there. Brock Y from two weeks ago, he couldn't have come out. Not that I want to be Brock Anderson, but at least an equalizer. You know, once he was out there alone, you sort of knew that the fix was. But this is what I thought was going to happen. You know, Arn Anderson has been coaching Wardlow do whatever it's going to take. And he's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And he did, he did the swanton off of the ladder. He did, he did the swanton in this match. And then Arn bit Luchasaurus's thumb off uh, allegedly in one of the, in one of the matches. And then I see Wardlow biting uh, Luchasaurus's thumb. But instead of that being a major thing to the match, 
Luchasaurus just smartly uses his other arm, knocks it down, and hits him with actually a really good back elbow. That was actually the probably Luchasaurus's best move of the match. And but I thought the story was going to be Wardlow will do freaking anything. He will overcome and actually try to invest in Wardlow again. But no, so I did not like this. I mean, I get it. It's the premiere. You want a title change, something that people remember from the show. But that this is the only place where I thought I saw Tony Khan's fingerprints too much because you don't need that. People are going to remember Punk's promo. They're going to remember other things in this. This was an insecure change, and it and it hurt Wardlow. Yeah, no, and I... I, I I agree with you about it hurting Wardlow. I think that we've been saying for a while that like he needs some consistent booking because the way that they're doing it is just not it's not good. Um, what I did see here that seemed like not Tony Khan booking though was the heels cheated and then won because of cheating. Um, yeah, that's that that's the way that heels are supposed to win, and it's also supposed to be the difference between heels and baby faces is that. Um, when heels try to have a regular match, they can lose. They, they can, they can, you know, slip on a banana peel. They can do whatever, but they can lose the match and keep their heat. But when they cheat, especially when they cheat with weapons and outside interference and, 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 and then they lose, they don't keep their heat because that right. basically buries their, their options for winning. So when you have a, a situation like this, where there's a heel they cheat major way that should be the finish of the match. And it actually was here tonight, which made me very happy. Want to go ahead and say uh, welcome to the chat to media M five. Thanks for joining us. Um, and anybody else listening uh, media M five actually brought up some really interesting things. I I'm going to figure out how to use Streamyard. I swear guys. So I'll be able to highlight your stuff and everything, but right now I'm just going to go ahead and quote them. Um, uh, he liked a lot. Uh, he's mentioned it a couple of times now that uh, there was a really good spot there where Wardlow was up doing the the 10 count and Luchasaurus just slipped out. And he was like, no, I'm not just going to stand here and let you punch me. Right. Good spot. That to me, you know what that really uh, reminded me of? It reminds me of when people go up to do the cross body on Joe and Joe just walks out of the way. He's just right. like, no, no, I'm not fucking standing here. Um so, oh yeah, Medium Five actually mentioned that now too. So good, awesome, very cool. Um, we're we're on the we're on the same wavelength here, Medium Five. Um, although he did give a, give a shit for going live at the same time that the vet is uh, is twitching, but I I don't know. I mean, maybe he should get some medication for that. He shouldn't twitch. Um, yeah, you, can't, you can't stop the vet from twitching when he wants to twitch. That's right. Um, and also twitch. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I. I liked this match in terms of like, I liked the booking, how it all was structured. I do wonder a little bit about where does Wardlow go from here? And he was told by WWE that he's not, that he wasn't ready. I haven't seen anything from him in AEW that would suggest that he's more ready now than he was before. So if you're Wardlow, where do you go from here? You know, you 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 mentioned that you think that he's probably asked for his he's probably asked for his release. Where does he go? What does he do? Well, he'll he'll get jobs. I mean, that, there's no question. He's he's big enough and he's good enough for that. I, I, you know, if they booked him better, nobody would would complain. If 
Christian was his manager and he like if they switch spots here, it would make more sense. Because I mean, listen, Luchasaurus looks great, he looks scary, but he's never really been taken seriously. Even in Lucha Underground, he wasn't really taken seriously. Um yep. and, and I'm having a hard time thinking of Luchasaurus as a champion, a real champion. Of course, this is the second title he's held. He had the tag team gold jungle boy. Yay, yay, yay. Um, now, if it turns out that Luchasaurus has an eight-month title reign, I guess maybe I'll feel differently about him, but I don't think so. I think that, you know, I, I, I'd rather that be Miro but it or Hobbs or whatever, but it should have been Wardlow. We could, we could have felt differently, but, I mean, Wardlow, I think they could put him in NXT, but the point you make about when heels lose, yeah, see, see the... Ray, all right! See, see the embassy for for reference. See carrying cross for reference. If you cheat and lose, no good, no bueno. Big Ray Hernandez has joined the has joined the show. Big Ray. No, I, I'm not. I'm not joining the show. I just made a mistake and uh, jumped in my mistake. So um, yeah, let Happy me know when Father's it's over. Day? Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Thank you, sir. Same I'm going to I'm going to go grab something to eat with my kid right now, and then uh, I'll see you guys at the end of the show. Hey, go do a bomb right. anytime you like. Yep. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> how the hell to get out of here. I don't know what to do now. Well, now you have to say something smart. I don't know. Um, uh, let me do this. No, that doesn't work. I, I don't know how to how to get the hell out of this thing. <laughs> Where's your work rate? Uh this is the, just the fucking work, uh, worst. Anyway, I'm going to mute myself. You guys keep talking. I'm going to try to get the hell out of here. All right. Well, well you look All very right. handsome. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, while Ray figures out the technical issues, um, also want to say, oh, what up to uh, Jay Reezy Min? Uh, Jay hey. Reezy, what's up, brother? Um, says, sup, boys. Greetings from a dumpling restaurant. Oh, well, there you go. I'm okay. jealous. No, I'm not really. I'm going to do barbecue when this is done. Uh, Javi has entered the chat. Lab Rat. Uh, so welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Be in venue, uh, et cetera. Um, yeah. So you brought up, actually, you brought up uh, maybe Powerhouse Hobbs could have a nice long title run. So QT Marshall is backstage with Powerhouse Hobbs. He says Hobbs isn't wrestling tonight. And, and QT says Powerhouse will be joining and winning the Owen Hart tournament and then powerhouse hobbs looks miffed and walks off i cool yeah i mean i'm not you know qt didn't sound terrible here you know this is not what i want powerhouse hobbs or later when we hear from ricky starks to be caring about but if you're going to do the owen memorial tournament you need people who are perceived to be important to feel to make it feel important i thought powerhouse hobbs looked great i mean he was he wasn't dressed like like he just came from the gym. He wasn't you know dressed like just a guy. He he looked like a guy who was going to go to the club or whatever. He looked cool. Um, yeah. And Lexi Nair also looked great. QT looked great, and that's actually a problem because the camera angle made him look like Sheamus next to Pete Dunne. Like so, QT Marshall looked like the monster as opposed to Hobbs. I don't know if that's the camera angle or or QT Marshall is actually that much bigger than we think he is, and Hobbs is much smaller than we think he is but I'm pretty sure it's the camera angle because we've seen them all before. Um, but I actually didn't hate QT and what he said here. Like uh, Lexi Nair says, you know, why are you in your wrestling attire, Powerhouse Hobbs? And QT's like, wait a minute. We never told you he was going to be in action tonight. We told you he would be here, and he's here. 
and and they took it from there. So the book of Hobbes is still being written. Okay, I mean, listen, is this what I want from Powerhouse Hobbes? No, but is he on TV and is he s stating a goal? Great. Now I know there's people out there who say Tony Khan sort of treats people of color, especially black wrestlers, differently. Jade Cargill aside. Um, if we hear Swerve and Keith Lee being the only other two people who are talking about the one Memorial tournament, they're going to have, they're going to have a point on that one. Um, and I still say, and this has nothing to do with this segment, but Tony stop with the, with the pink title belts as the rewards for this, make a trophy that's of Owen Hart holding up two things that look like slammies. They don't have to be exactly slammies. It's not very hard to, avoid copyright infringement of that thing. And I don't think the WWE is going to fuck with Martha Hart any more than, than, than they need to, which is not at all. They're trying to make peace. So make, make those trophies with Owen Hart holding the slammies. And I think that would be much better. This, this is a trophy kind of thing, not another title belt kind of thing. Or just Owen with a crown, right? The King of hearts, you know, you could, could, you could do something like that too. Um, yeah, but probably. yeah, yeah, something that they get, but like I'm thinking, like the Stanley Cup people, they pass it along year to year. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that uh, I think that what you, um, yeah, like a uh, a tournament trophy championship, a la the Stanley Cup or the NBA Finals, um, would actually be really great. And I think that that would actually be more fitting for for an Owen Hart tribute. Anyway, I, I don't think I have a very hard time seeing Owen Hart. <sighs> being happy about a pink belt being handed out for, for his sake. I just, it doesn't really, it's not really on brand, even, even with the pink. Um, speaking of on brand, we've got somebody who's back on brand next as Andre Andrade El Idolo takes on buddy Matthews. They start this match off trading quick transitions. Um, they're trying to one up each other. Um, I noticed very early on here that they're both what you want modern wrestlers to look like. They're both incredibly athletic. They're the kinds of guys who can do everything that anybody can do physically, but they also have some muscle. I mean, these guys look like if you walked into a bar and hit on their girlfriend, they might say, Hey, we're going to fucking fight now. Um, you know, that's the problem that I have with guys like Jack Perry and Orange Cassidy and just the the dearth of size. Like, there's just nothing to those guys, and they just look like you could push them around for real. These guys, not so much. These guys look like and, and let's face they beat it, the crap those out two of you. guys, they would go by um, Jack Perry, Orange Cassidy. They, they'd be like, you know... the. This non-gendered person I'm with is an autonomous person with the ability to give or take consent and with free will. So it will be their choice, and they will be addressed by the pronoun of their choice. But I shall not interfere in your talking because we have full truth and open communication. Yeah. And, if, and if they want to experiment, it's okay because our love is true and whole. I just mean, in, so the soyest motherfuckers of all time. Just right. Instead, instead, instead of saying, instead of just staring at me and going, get the fuck away from my woman. Yeah, 
yeah, that's that's what you expect out of real professional wrestlers. And uh, yeah, so good for these guys for both just looking the part. We're doing um, Nigel McGuinness for a second because first of all, him calling Christian the entire time, Christian was amazing. And he said exactly what you said because they were talking about Andrade's injury and they're, and they're saying how he bulked up some. And and uh, Nigel pointed out, well, that sometimes you do that, you know, to you know, as part of the rehabilitation process, but also to get a little bit of pat. I think actually Callie said to get a little padding. And Nigel McGuinness said, "There's something to that, but also sometimes there's ego. You want to look in the mirror and see a monster, you know." Yep. And he's right. This, that's what we've been saying the whole time. You want to look in the mirror and you want to see a monster. You want to see someone that's be like, "Yeah, I can, I can beat some ass today." Not, not, yeah. I can wear skinny jeans. Yeah, I mean, fuck, man. Like, this is simple. This is simple, simple wrestling. And that's what this show did so fucking right on this night, Jeff. I will say they did this so right. Everything about this show came across as old school pro wrestling. It was. I thought, I thought both these injuries were real. That, it, I, yeah. I was and, told. Exactly. Sold so well. I mean, the knee injury to, to tonight from uh, from Buddy Matthews was was super well done. And also, I mean, you've got the commentators. They're calling out the right things. They're saying the right things about it. You want to look like you're a big, tough, strong guy, don't you? I mean, that's what professional wrestling used to be. Love it. Um, I did see, since we're talking about commentary, I did notice at one point um, Kevin Kelly goes, hey, we'll be right back. Uh, nope. Never, never mind. We're staying with the action. Oh wait, no, yeah, we're we're taking a break now, kind of thing. It was like yeah. I kind of chuckled and went, "Okay, it's night one. It's night one. You guys will work it out." But right, right. that made me laugh. Um, both guys really laid their shit in tonight. It, every every strike looked like it was connecting. Every move looked like they were trying to beat the other guy with it. Um. Yeah, Matthews with a hard sell on his knee. Both guys selling exhaustion, um, believable exhaustion. I mean, these guys looked like they were tired, you know, midway through this match. Um, I liked that Andrade is able to take control after the after Matthews' knee gives out, and then he locks in the figure four and he bridges up, a la Charlotte Flair for the win. Um, that was a cool little little nod to to his wife, you know. I mean, the figure four is like a classic move. It's something that's won multiple world championships, you know, throughout the history of pro wrestling. But I like that he kind of um, hearkened back to his wife here and was like, "Look, like I, I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it the way she does it," kind of thing. I um, I like this finish. What did you think about the the match? And then we'll get into the shenanigans and lights light show afterwards. <laughs> I, I love this match. I thought the, I thought the match, everything you said about it, I thought was terrific. Again, they sold me on the injuries, and you know, two doctors came in and were and were attending attending to them in two different corners. Um, and I love the use of the figure four because Buddy Matthews' knee was injured. It makes sense. That's what the figure four is, is supposed to do. And I had no issue with them doing trying to do the figure eight. Uh, not just an homage to his wife. People saying, oh, what a cuck. No, not a cuck. It's a good move. It's a cool move. But also Buddy Matthews wasn't giving up. That was the whole thing. So you have to take it to the next level. The figure eight is the evolution of the figure four. So he went to it, but he was still reminding us that his pec hurt and basically he couldn't use one arm. So it really was more of a figure six, but it was enough and it got Buddy. So for all of you, I mean, 
if you're calling this a cuck move, you're just looking for something to complain about. And that's coming from someone who looks for things to complain about. So you've gone, if I think you've gone too far, you've gone too far. I thought this was great. Um, then, of course, the lights went out, which I didn't mind the first time. The second time, I thought it was... Uh, and w one comment, Julia Hart, as typical, did very little of any use. But I did find it was uh, sort of amusing when she was going towards Andrade's mask. And he kept saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And and Nigel reminded us that the, the mask in Mexico is sacrosanct. Yeah, very sacred, uh, even though he doesn't wear it. So weird. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, I you know, the, the lights go out. The lights go out. We get the uh, the House of Black in the ring. Uh, Andrade gets taken out. And then I did think it was kind of funny, you know, when the lights turned out the second time, the crowd reacted as if they were expecting someone else to have just turned the lights out. So the lights got turned out. The lights got turned out. That happens I think just too much in wrestling overall. Yeah. Um, and it happens too much in this company with too many people, right? Sting can control the lights and the black uh, house of black can control the lights. And sometimes the, the elite can control the lights. And just, if you're going to use that gimmick, have one group or one person and that's it. You don't do it with anybody else. Otherwise you wind up in a situation like this where the crowd's going, Who's coming out next? Is it Sting? Is it Taker? Like, what are we getting? Right. Or, or at least, is it the other members of LFI to to back up their returning leader? I mean, that, that right. you know, uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think. I think if they just you know had the the spooky smoke and the music and they help Buddy out, then they go up the ramp. That would have been fine. Or Buddy limping on his own. That would have been fine. Anyway, that's that's a little bit of a nitpick. But uh, you know, I was you know actually obviously Jimmy and I did a show. Uh, Sort of right after collision last night, we were about an hour and 50 minutes late, which sort of lost some of the impact. But that's, you know, uh, uh, you know, what can you do anyway? To um, be expected, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, well, I, I sort of was trying to hope to, to to ride the wave of the momentum of people would be interested right then who who might not have a thousand other options, you know, after a half hour, 40 minutes. Anyway, enough of me griping. Um, the uh. My, if memory serves me correctly, one of Andrade's last programs in WWE was when he was with Carrillo and Theory and and Vega, and I think they were facing Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy at the time. So this was this was like a callback to that, and so I actually really I, I really liked this. Well, first of all, Andrade sort of fell for the the clothesline. Just about a split second too soon. Like you could, you, the, you could see the impact wasn't right. Maybe that's because they were had too many cameras and they didn't know what cut to be on. Or, but you know that was just timing. Anyway, enough about that. But I liked Andrade, not Andrade, Black in the corner there, sort of almost like Raven. He sort of like become he's sort of like becoming a Raven meets Undertaker kind of thing. And they get slowly and he crossed, and he said something. I, I, you know, with his Dutch accent, and because the mic wasn't on there, I don't know what he said. It doesn't matter, but you, you said something like, I'm sure he said something like, This is not over yet, or, or see, right. see what we do to you, or I don't know what it was, but there was or no mystery. Back. Think, welcome back. Like, hey, buddy, how you doing? It's good to see you. Um, uh, but I, I thought this was good until the lights turned off a second time. And, and it was just because they turn off for such a long time that when they turn back on and, you know, 
nothing's there. It's 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 a letdown. But that that's a AEW production thing that that it's a device they love and overuse. And as you said, they overuse it, and uh, maybe uh, the powers that be can underuse it just just a tad, just a smidge, just dial absolutely. Back. Absolutely. Speaking of underusing and underused, there's a Scorpio Sky video that lets us know he's still alive. So that's cool. I love Scorpio Sky. I'd I'd love to see more of him. Where's he been? What's going on? I don't know. It's it's been close to two years since I think we've seen him, and you know that was when he was one of the men of the year. Whenever or whenever whatever they bro just broke up. So. Listen, good. I, I'm I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's going to be featured. Uh, I don't know why we needed another reintroduction video. As well, I guess everyone can get on the show, so it's better than nothing. And we'll see. But cool. Um, and I I'm glad he's not talking about a faction. He's just talking about himself, and that's another thing. Not everyone's, you know, uh, in a faction or surrounded by 17 other people yet. But not not everyone is, and and I like that. I like in wrestling that that most wrestlers are lone wolves. Yeah, no, I mean, it It makes sense. If wrestling is a shoot, right, most people who are involved in this are going to be the kind of people who, you know, they're not going to have a lot of best friends. Like, right. you know, they're going to have maybe one or two people who they really trust, but the people who get into fighting are not... I'll put it this way. I boxed for a very long time, and while I appreciated everybody who I was in the gym with, and while I loved everybody who trained with me and everything, uh, fighting is not a team sport. You you right. you have to be able to be the lone wolf at times if you're a fighter. And uh, yeah, I also like that. I I think that I think that on Wednesday nights they've overdone it, where you know, every single thing is every single person is a part of a group and every single group is a part of a bigger group. And every, like, there's just, there's just all this stuff where it's just, everybody's a part of a, of, of a, of a faction. And it just becomes sort of this faction warfare stuff. And um, it gets muddled, like really muddled. And it also makes me care less about the individual wrestlers. I don't care about Trent, right? I, I don't, and I don't care about Trent and I don't care about, Chucky and I don't care about Orange Cassidy and I really don't care about uh, about the you know the best friends. I don't that doesn't mean anything to me. But when you see okay Trent's going to be in action, right? If I see that Trent's going to have a wrestling match, I think to myself, okay Trent, he's a pretty good wrestler. I I can I can stand watching Trent work. He he can he can actually have a pretty decent match. Um I'm I'm interested. Okay, sure. I'll watch Trent wrestle. But when I see something like, you know, best friends versus the castle of chaos or whatever. I just go, I don't give a shit. Fuck these groups. I, I don't, it's not fun. So it is nice that they seem to be um, a little bit lessening here on, on Saturdays. I, I like that so far and hopefully they can stick with it. Um, next up, Tony Nice thinks Chicago is too fat. And I mean, Objectively, that's the case. I mean, where most North American and and European cities are too fat, we just are. Yeah. Um, he updated the Rick Rude. I mean, this this is this is the best I've ever seen Tony Nice. He was he was actually entertaining. Yes, and I actually liked the way he worked in this match too that he had with Miro because everything mm-hmm. made sense. Want to go ahead and say uh, welcome since we're talking about how fat North America is. Uh, we're going. We want to go ahead and uh, say welcome to. Aaron Ben Shlomo, um, welcome, sir. Um, bienvenue, bienvenido, and uh, yeah, we're we're happy to have you here. 
Um, not, not a fat North American. No, not a fat North American. Good for you. Um, Tony Nice says he's going to shut down collision and the crowd will join in on some group training. And I laughed. I just thought this is this is good. That's a good gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> there are people in the crowd standing up. Yeah. They're like Tell- guys like going. Uh, telling wrestling, tr- telling wrestling fans, "Hey, you're too fat. Do some here. Let's come. I'll I'll do it with you. Let's do some jumping jacks." <laughs> That's right. I, I'm I'm hijacking collision. We're we're going to do a group training session. This was and and then the trumpets blared. This this perfection. Chef's the guess. trumpets the trumpets blare and out walks Miro, who looks like the fucking Incredible Hulk today, man. Wow. And he's hairy <laughs> again. And he has not been sitting on his ass. While, like people are like, oh, he's just been sitting at home, fucking his wife and being on Twitch. I I'll go for some of that if that's what I can look like after that. Holy shit, that guy looks jacked. Yeah, no, he 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 looked great. Just the whole thing. He he looked tan. He jacked, and and I know it's a stupid thing to say. His hair is back, but he was always the Bulgarian brute. He was never the 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 waxed shiny guy you know so this now he looks like a bulgarian brute again he looks like he he does look old world he looks like the barbarian at the gate yes exactly i i really like this match too because it was a squash right it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty clear squash match but i did like that tony got to show off some of his athleticism to start the match as he's playing keep away right he's doing like backflips and 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 just trying to like stay away from miro as much as he can eventually miro gets him you know starts taking over beats him up some but then i liked that miro gave him a few more spots after that too it wasn't just it wasn't just i'm going to just de- destroy this motherfucker it, tony nice actually got in a couple of like the the hangman spots where he kind of you know ran to the rope and pulled on the head as he jumped out of the ring, right? So it kind of, you know, chokes him on the ring ropes and everything. I like that. I also like that Miro didn't sell it too much, but it was like, oh, okay. I mean, he's doing something. I'm not in here against the fucking nothing. And uh, Miro eventually hulks up. I mean, it really hulks up. Like, Tony was hitting him, and he was just doing the ah! um, stuff. And then he finishes off with a super kick and the camel clutch. Right. I want to see. I want to see where this character goes. But again, fuck yeah on this match, Jeff. What'd you think? I thought it was perfect. I feel exactly the same way you do about every every part of this match, including the, the way that Tony Nice worked and was able to work. But it was still, it, it wasn't a squash, but it was squash adjacent, and it was a perfect return for Miro. And what a contrast from Rampage and Dynamite. This is exactly the kinds of matches. Takeshita and Jay White should have been having to make them look like badasses. If you don't want to make the opponent look like a total loser, have them have these spurts of offense like Tony needs, but they just couldn't get the job done against a superior athlete. I don't, I don't, I don't want Jay White or Will Ospreay or Takeshita. So I'm not even saying I love these guys, but if a company is trying to build them as badasses as their top tier, they, they can't be, they can't have, be introduced to us by having 15, 16 minute competitive matches with people who usually lose. You can't even have them having 10, 11 competitive competitive matches with Bandito. If you're investing in Bandito, then he, then he beats Takeshita in six or seven minutes like this. If you're investing in Takeshita, frankly, if it's not a squash, it should at least be this match. And this was, this was perfect. And 
right these these past these two matches right here is where I know Tony Khan's not booking these matches. He he yeah. might he might have some influence. He might say, "Yeah, we need to do this, or you need to have this spot, or or whatever." And there's a couple things. Okay, Dallas, we'll get that in. But this whole show, the whole tempo was different, and that's why I'm sort of giving a little pass to to Luchasaurus and Warlock. I mean, obviously, it wasn't their choice to change the belt anyway. But even the the tempo, I th- I think everyone was told, "Slow down, take your time." We are. This is not a pinball machine wrestling show. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I want to, you know, sort of building off of that, I want to highlight a couple of really good comments from the chat. So, first of all, Aaron, uh, Aaron Ben Shlomo says, in my opinion, Collision, um, if it will continue like it is, can be the best show that AEW produces. Get serious. Bring me big stars and get me stories. This is yeah, what I'm I've been kidding. saying. This is what I've been saying for weeks since this show was first announced was, man, if, if, and this is a big if, if they can get somebody else to book this show and book it like a wrestling show, this will be the best wrestling show on TV. It will. But I mean, barring it was the, the best wrestling show this week. Yeah. Barring the, yeah, exactly. I mean, barring the bloodline story, this was easily I mean, by far and away, the best thing on wrestling this week. So, really, really good. Um, and, and, and I'm serious. When I I made a tweet, it was it was sort of a joke, but it's not because I know I'm I'm nobody without enough followers. But I I truly believe that if enough AEW fans and wrestling fans, period, who checked out this show are like, I don't like AEW. Come on, if you still didn't like this show, it's not that you. It, it's just that you just don't want to like AEW because it's AEW or because it's not WWE. Or for the few of you who you know, you only love NWA, you only love Impact, or you only love this, whatever. This was a good wrestling show. Or or but, the other people who refuse to like anything that's attached to CM Punk because he's mean to the elite. I mean, that, that's true. So, but, I want, but my my big point is that there should be a petition to put Collision on Wednesday nights and put Dynamite on Saturday nights. Because Collision, that show, the way that's booked with that cast and those yep. stars, that show would do, that show, its goals would be Raw-like numbers. SmackDown may be saying something, but that show could do, one, that show would have done 1.1, 1.2 this past Wednesday night. And it would, and this would be a show that would grow. Unlike Dynamite, that started at 1.4, now is whatever, 900,000. Let's just be generous. Um, this show, it would start at 1.2 and it would grow. Yep, that's, that's, it would. Now, Dynamite, listen, the hardcore wrestling fans, the people, if you like Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy and you really think the elite are the best thing in town, and then you're you already know, watching. Yeah, you're, you're going to be home Saturday night, you know. No offense intended or, or offense intended. I don't care. You're going to be home. And by the way, I was home. I got home. I want. I was only on 15-minute delay. I went out to dinner and came back home for collision. And it wasn't just because I was doing a show. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not trying to say, ooh, Mr. Cool got here. Though I'm old enough to be a grandfather. So, you know, going out, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyway. That. Happy Grandfather's Day, Jeff. Woo! Um, okay, a couple other really good comments here. So Media M5 also said this one episode didn't have any stupid Japanese or lucha shit in it. I'm I'm I gotta say, he's not fucking wrong though. Like there was a little bit of lucha stuff in the in the Andrade match, but Andrade knows how to meld North American and Lucha stuff together because that was a really good match. But other than that, like 
he's kind of right, isn't he? Like, isn't he kind of right? right? We, we didn't have any matches where the focus was on, oh, look at the 18 flips that, you know, El Matador del Dios can do or whatever the fuck, right? Like, it was just, it was just big, strong men beating the shit out of each other, which is, I mean, that's wrestling. Like, right. this is wrestling. He said no stupid lucha shit. He didn't say any lucha stuff. I mean, did. Santos did, Escobar right. wrestles without stupid lucha shit, but these luchas. Are... Mil Mascaras used to wrestle lucha without stupid lucha shit. I mean, there was there's plenty of luchadors who have wrestled without stupid lucha shit. So um, I I agree with that comment, hundred percent. Good, 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 good stuff. Uh, CM Punk video package about recovering from the injuries up next. Basically, it ends with him saying, "Why am I back?" there's things to finish and I'm going to finish them. Yep. The, you know, the, the, my only comment here is this was time they could have used this thing else because this was the, this was the, this was the package to get you to watch collision. If you're watching, you had already seen that package. So at least there should have been a part two because it led us with there's things I have to still to say. Well, he said them at the beginning of the show and he said them well. So I, I don't think that this was time well used. Uh, you know, there should have been a part two if at all. Or something else. But again, that that is a nitpick. And yes, wrestling relies on recaps and replaying the same things over and over again. All companies do it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, All right. Ruby and Tony, the outside hers, make their way to the ring for a tag match. They're facing Willow and Sky Blue, who gets some love because she's from the Windy City. It's her town. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to remind you before I talk about this match that the women's champion of AEW is Tony Storm. So just keep that in mind. Um, why is Sky Blue's mom still on my TV? She, she, we did this last week. Yes, we did. Uh, I don't know. This, this, this was, this felt like a dynamite or rampage match. Uh, I'm not saying it was the worst women's match I've ever seen, but it certainly wasn't the best. And this could have been an opportunity to remind us that Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez are on the roster and let them put on an actual match. I mean, by the way, the the punk vignette, I know that she says she's not healthy enough to to wrestle, but wouldn't this have been a good time to have a Thunder Rosa vignette, pre-recorded segment at at that point? But I I don't know. Like, I would have liked to have seen... Not a cont- I mean, we know it's AW. You don't give a, you don't, we don't need this kind of continuity. Or if there's a continuity, it should have been a promo, a vignette from MJF going, Oh, so there's a new AW show. Well, don't forget, I'm the AW champion, so I'm still your champion, bitches. And no, my contract says nothing about me having to work Saturdays unless it's a pay per view. So don't expect me to be there. You know what I think about Chicago losers. Uh, you know, it was just something that that could have been the continuity. Instead, they chose to give us this silly uh, women's tag team match just so that the hometown bottom of the card person could get a hometown win and and get a pinfall for the second time in three weeks on someone that's above their you know their their weight class status wise. And listen, yeah, it's I, I'm not gonna kid, you know. Yeah, she seems like a really nice kid. I don't care though. I mean, you can be a really nice kid and not be uh and not be a pushed professional wrestler. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Bret Hart's a little bit in love with himself. Still, you want to show me Bret Hart? I'll watch Bret Hart because he's really fucking good at professional wrestling. Um, mm. 
you know, people go, uh, CM Punk is a jerk. Yeah, but, I mean, who else can cut promos like he can? So just right. shut the fuck up and let's be entertained by the people who are entertaining. Like, Charlie, she Charlie Sheen's a fucking maniac. He's also really funny. Like, <laughs> fucking whatever, you know? Um, the match wasn't completely embarrassing, and I, I think mostly that's just down to nobody was trying to do anything super big. There weren't any giant spots happening in this match. Um, and also... The crowd was just in everything. So, yeah. uh, you know, when you have a crowd like this, it makes even the so-so decent stuff on the card seem better than it is. Um, yeah. The finish was a whole thing. Basically, Ruby gets sprayed in the eyes accidentally and then, um, you know, gets the takes the pin from from Sky Blue. Um, she's a good looking young kid. Um, like you said, she seems like she's she seems like she's sweet. Um, they're pushing her too hard right now, aren't they, Jeff? I mean, because it looks like they're they're building up to maybe push her, push her. Yeah, she's someone who could really benefit from like spending a year and a half in NXT or some you know some similar situation like that. Um, Willow also like people are trying to make her like she's great, like Chris Statlander, and she's good. Willow has natural charisma. She's got physical charisma. She's good but she's not as good as people make her out to be. Uh, there was one awkward spot where I'm not sure if it was the referee or the wrestler was in the wrong spot, but one of them was sort of like drunkenly falling backwards into the ropes and they saw the ref was there and they had to like change the trajectory of their, of their stumbling backwards fall, which is not how people fall down. Um, aside from that, it was a match. I don't want to get too much into it, except that, you know, this is the first collision. They're having the outcasts on it. They, for whatever reason, uh, well, we know the reason we said it, but Soraya can't even be bothered to be there. You know, the, the opening show, which which tells me that the, the, the contractual status of people vis-a-vis working Saturdays on TV ha- hasn't been fully worked out yet. Or she wasn't on Wednesday either. She wasn't on Wednesday either. If you remember, they had a tag match and they came to the ring holding a stick with her face on it. And yeah. I've heard rumors so far. It's just rumors because... I don't personally trust anything that any wrestling journalist tells me. Literally the most reliable wrestling journalist that I know is William Alcia from HMG. And he only reports things that are for fucking certain. Um, other than that, I don't trust a damn thing. But the, the, the rumors are that for some reason, Soraya is not with the company currently. Well, okay. Um, you know what? Then they then they shouldn't have blasted her name on the on the jumbotron first. Yeah, I'm. You're right. You're you're right. They they should they should change it if there's a problem there. Um, but it might be a simple. It might be a different kind of situation too. There might be a situation where she's just she's having visa issues, or because of because she's been in the states for so long, she has to go back to England for so long in order to not have a problem. I know that that's something that sometimes happens with. Uh, cross Canada people between Canada and the U.S. If you're in the U.S. for a certain amount of time, you have to go back to Canada for a certain amount of time. Otherwise, you get in trouble. Listen, I mean, isn't she on her second American husband? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I, I, don't I don't know. know. What, whatever it is, uh, yeah. It, this it, is where Jimmy would show a graphic of of her face. This is <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no. This is this is not that show. We don't want. We don't. And it's not her face that he's really showing the graphic of. Um, <laughs> thank, thank God for that piece of duct tape or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know where she is. I don't know what her situation is. I I just think if you're gonna have the outcast without Soraya, it doesn't need to be on the premiere of your new Saturday show. But you wanted to give uh, uh, what turns face a, a, a win. 
That's good. You, you, you. How, how about you give her a win over you know, one of your former champions, who's who's a heel or something? I I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Have her have her beat uh, Nyla Rose. Yeah, I mean, she just pinned Nyla Rose in the Fatal Four Way. Maybe Nyla Rose wanted revenge, and this is the one I'm on, and a and a good time for her to get a you know another five minute you know quick you know David beats Goliath match, and then she you know runs and hugs her mother, and you know. Nyla Rose, while she's you know trying to beat her up, instead she, you know, Marina Shafir tries to come in. They bump into each other like three stooges and knock heads and fall down. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, this was sort of the one part of the show that didn't seem to really fit for me. But right. I mean, hey, it is what it is. Can't right. you, you, nobody hits a thousand, right? That's that's right. the old saying. Ricky Absolutely. Starks is going to be in the Owen Hart tournament. There was a little video basically just saying he's going to be there. He's going to be in the tournament. So good for him. I'm, uh, hopefully he does something interesting. Um, the acclaimed have arrived, Jeff. Um, and, you know, I got to say, when these guys first debuted, I, I really thought that Max was going to be the breakout star of this team. But the longer they perform the more I'm absolutely convinced that Bowens is the real star here. I mean, oh, yeah. he's yeah, he, just he. so natural on the mic. Like everything that he says, just it feels like he really means it. Like this looks like it's, it's somebody turned up to 11, but it's him. You know what I mean? And Bowens is a really great example of what I've been talking about for a really long time in terms of character writing. I mean, in professional wrestling, but character writing in general, he's gay. We know he's gay. He doesn't come out and talk about how gay he is. And his character is not a gay man. His character is his fucking character. And he happens to be gay. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, and the only, I mean, if Bowens was, say, Shelton Benjamin's height, he doesn't need to be six or if he was like six two or whatever Shelton Benjamin is, like, he'd be a superstar. Arguably, he's already a superstar, but he could be a single superstar. Anyway, but I'm not sure I even want that because I like the acclaimed as a team. But you're right. I, you know, Caster does the funny raps, but it's not like he's so great. I bet that if, you know, if all of a sudden Caster got swept into a wormhole and Bowens needed to do the, do the raps, they found him another partner that he could work well with, but they couldn't rap. I bet Bowens could do the raps just as well. I mean, yeah, I bet. Um what do you do next with the acclaim, Jeff? I, I want to see them do something else now. I want to see them do something different because they've they've been on this same sort of kick for a really long time. What do you do with the acclaimed next? And does Daddy Ass really need to be a long term fit here? No, he doesn't. And it's starting to get close to the point where it might be a detriment. I don't want them in the trios mix. The teams that are in the trios mix are starting to take a turn where they seem like they might be more serious teams, like a serious LFI, like House of Black. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever see Death Triangle again, but you know, if they ever resuscitated that, I mean, God knows where Pac is. He was someone I thought that maybe we'd hear or see from, but uh, he's also too damn big. Um, but people, people love him. I, I don't know. But like at some point, doesn't he have to reunite with his kids? I mean, let him be there. I mean, isn't this sort of like the wrong story for too long? But uh, I don't know what happens with them. I mean, there needs to be someone in, in the title picture. But, you know, everyone's a face. FTR is a face. You, you, you're, they're obviously going to want the Hardy Boys to be in there. 
You can never forget the young bucks in their com- in their own company. I don't know. They just signed Aussie Open. One of them's injured, but that's the only thing holding that back from them being in, in main events. I, I I don't know what you do with them, but I would want them to, to have a stated goal, and that being to reclaim their tag team titles. Yeah, I mean, Daddy Ass mentioned something about <laughs> how the, the trio's titles aren't out of the question, you know? And I just thought to myself, like, really? Like, they should be. What, what, and I mean, I don't know. Are the trio's titles even, personally, I don't think they're worth <laughs> keeping around. And I, I really, I like the potential with the House of Black. I just feel like when you have two, I, I know people will disagree with me, but hashtag no more belts and hashtag can we just throw out some fucking belts? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> There's too many, there's too much, and it, it dilutes everything. When you've got a trios and a tag team division, you dilute each division to the point where there's not enough going on for them to be interesting. Yeah, well, the international title was certainly not necessary. The TBS title, I think, actually really hurt the women's title. Um, but it's, all, it's, it's not just that. I mean, if they didn't have all the Ring of Honor goddamn titles on there, if they didn't have the New Japan titles on there, the New mm-hmm. Japan Strong titles on there, that sometimes unknown promotions from Japan's titles on there, triple A, whatever the fuck there. Willow has. Well, that's that New is. Japan Strong Willow's side. But that time that the okay. Cheetah came out with like a black, like a black belt, and you know, it was like the Sure was like, well, I, that I, makes I, sense. He's Japanese, Jeff. They have black belts. <laughs> no, it's, yes, true. Um, just all, all these titles from everywhere, any place, all the time. Um, you know, not not interested in that, and and I think it it diminishes the value of titles. I think if we only had the AEW titles, the the trios titles would would bother you less. But unfortunately, I mean, they have they had so many three man groups, they sort of had to do something with it. But so, the three man groups really never picked up any steam. The only one that did, I don't like them very much, but it's best friends because of Orange Cassidy, but they seem intent on making Orange Cassidy a singles guy. Not that they want the best friends with or without Orange Cassidy to hold the trio's title, but at least, you know, that that's something that, you know, that could be like when the Rock and Roll Express won tag team. It's like, it's like you give the fans their happiness for two and a half months, and then the Road Warriors get them back again. Um, but, uh, I don't know. There are a lot of belts there, and the answer for the acclaim would be the collision gets its own set of belts, which is breaking your rules. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is. They have to, they have to figure out ways to make there be tag team matches that matter, and be prepared to have some teams that, you know, go one and six for a while, so that you can have different number one contenders who don't, by the way, necessarily need to win. Some of them can lose. It's worked okay for Roman and Gunther. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, sorry, I just heard Roman and Gunther. Is that how that ended? Yeah, I I, I thought you were frozen for a second. I would have added Bianca if I knew you were waiting for me. Okay, no, 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 no. no. It's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, so I just, I sent a, I did send a, a link to the vet. Um, I'm not totally sure I'm going to be able to let him in the show because I'm not the one who started the stream. It was Ray. Um, but if I can... And he shows up. We'll let him in. But in the meantime, I wanted to say hi to a couple of other people in the chat. Jerome Hall's there. Hey, Jerome. Um, also, his wonder twin, Lizbeth. Hello, Liz. Um, and Dark Side Caster, um, who says, more belts than you can shake a stick at. Exactly. There's just fucking 
belts everywhere. It's like a, it's like a men's big and tall store. There's just belts. Um, there's a whole section of belts here. Um, back from break, and it is time for the main event as Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe will face off against FTR and CM Punk. Stiff matchup here, Jeff. FTR really laying in their shit on Robinson and White to start the match off. Uh, Punk looks a touch soft. Um, I'm not going to let him completely get away with it, but he's been off for a while, so I'm also not going to you know, crucify the guy for it. Um, Joe and Punk uh, get in the ring, and they get a really great reaction from everybody. Um, people are excited to see these two in the ring, and I got to say, holy shit, um, was Joe trying to, like, collapse punk's lungs with these fucking chops or what holy fuck it was great this 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 i miss joe i forget what a block of a human being he is uh this is the first time i've seen jay white look the way that i've seen jay white the few times when he's a star and the way that he has not been portrayed at all on aw this this is the guy that could be a star. This is the first time I've seen I've ever seen Juice Robinson look like anything other than someone who should be the pin eater. And and yeah, Punk needed to, needed to be protected both wind wise and ring ring wise ring awareness and ring rust wise. And FTR did. My only complaint was that when Joe was laying those chops into to Punk, Dax was smiling. He was enjoying. It, he was he was wincing like he was part of the crowd. Dude, I pre- I know you love him. I know you love this stuff but you're not part of the crowd. That's your teammate getting destroyed by your opponent. Act. Smile about it later when you watch it on tape. Uh, it's, yep. it's not like one of those things when you have like the four challenging teams sitting in the crowd at, at the four corners and you're watching them react to the match. So um, my only my only problem with this match, which might not be a problem because I, I see the point that it might be part of a long, it might be part of a storyline but when Punk was being choked out by Joe and there was no way he was escaping and uh, both Dax and Cash were in predicaments and Cash like did a brain buster or a chin buster and got out of his and got back into the ring, instead of kicking Joe off of Punk or breaking that up, he did a dive he to rescue his partner, his partner Dax, yeah. who then came in, which at any time Punk could have faded or the match could have called. Now, that's just stupid unless it leads to a little schism where this kind of thing happens and punk is like are you my teammates or are you your teammates and if and if it's just you guys and i'm here you're just you're just riding my coattails and i'm not interested in having people ride my coattails i want people watching my back so if if this is the way they try to turn punk heel against the company including the people who idolize him ftr i'm down with it but if it was just a choice they made it, it it made cash look really stupid. No, yeah, and if we're doing current CM Punk too, the line can be: Listen, I don't want people who are just here to ride my coattails. I've had that before, and I had to counter sue. You know, <laughs> like it, you can really get into it with CM Punk in a way that's like it 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 hits a nerve with wrestling fans because we all know so much about what's gone on that like he can really be that. Um, want to say a couple of things here about this match i um i didn't realize how much i was gonna like this i love how vocal juice robinson is in the match 
he's yelling and he's screaming and he's it it it, it helps tell the story he's trying to tell right because yeah. he'll he'll yell something and it's he seems like he's being real cocky and then he gets cut off right and you're like mm-hmm. ah yeah you got cut off you cocky asshole right but it helps tell the story as he's talking right or like he'll get in there and he's or he's you know he's he's watching his friend get his ass kicked and he's like come on you know like he's <laughs> he's telling that story with his vocalizations and I really, really appreciate it in this match. I, I mean, I didn't think that I was going to like juice Robinson as much as I do, but damn it. If he isn't the best one out of that group so far. Uh, I'm not ready to call juice Robinson the best out of that group, but, but they, they all work really well together. And I like you was not thrilled with there being a six man match, but I understood why. I, I I understood the ring rust, and you want to make sure our punk is healthy, and you want to protect him. And if he's not ready, you still want other the other workers there to to make him look good and all that. So I I think listen, I I thought this match ended well. There was and I was when I heard Bullet Club Gold and their the, the stuff they were doing with the with the Gun Club and and sort of how. Uh, White and and Robinson have been chasing around. Ah, the vets here were chasing around Ricky Starks. I was really afraid of a schmoz, and there was no schmoz. There was just a clean win. The faces standing strong, the crowd cheering them, and I was so relieved for what didn't happen that that that, that I was very happy with the end of the show. I, you know, and the things I wasn't happy with, everyone heard them. But I always say, if you if you like two thirds of what you like in a wrestling show, that's Hall of Fame. And I like more than two thirds, and you know. So allow me to pick a few nits. I did, and there were only a couple things I thought were bad. But the vet is here. We have a real, we have a true Hall of Famer here. So let let I should let the man talk. Man, I agree. I agree with everything go. you're saying. What are we talking about? Man, <laughs> as far as run-ins go, we just get in the Hall of Fame here. We got we had Big Ray earlier with a run-in. We got the vet here. I mean, this is. This is the place to be, ladies and gentlemen, from the HMG. The run-in, that's right, the run-in by the man, the myth, the legend himself, the vet. Vet, we're talking about the main event, but Mm -hmm. what did you think about this this show overall? I mean, me and Jeff have been talking about how great it was, but grace us with your wisdom, O veteran. Um, Well, first of all, hello, everyone. Hello. and uh, yeah, with with uh, uh, with a new show, um, with uh, you know new stars and old stars and everybody coming in, I thought it only right that I just pop in and say hello. Um, what did I think of the show? Uh, it was a show. Um, I've told at least at least Chris, but I probably mentioned it at some point on a show with you too, Jeff. That we have to take our wrestling a la carte. We cannot expect good wrestling shows anymore. There are no good TV shows. It's just you like what you like. You like the characters you like. You like when they show up. You don't like when they don't show up. That kind of thing. So if you get more of the people you like than more of the people you don't, then that's a good show to me these days. That being said, um, you know, this was a fine show. It had a few things that I wanted to see and some things that I didn't. But... Um, even, uh, even the things that, um, I didn't want to see, they did feel a little bit different, but it's weird because people are treating this like, you know, it's like a whole different 
thing. And to me, you switch some of the players around, it's not really that different. If you book an episode of Dynamite Good, it's going to turn out exactly like this, right? I mean, what's appreciably the difference between this show, a Dynamite, Rampage, other than the length? Like, you could, you're in for a grab bag with any of these shows. And it's the same thing with a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown. What's appreciably the difference? The length? Um, the focus? Um, I don't know. This was a good collision debut. Um, can they keep it up? Uh, is it just good because you had the bookends of the person that's been gone for nine months? Um, and that's what people really wanted to see out of this more than anything. And they would have tolerated a match with... Uh, you know, the Outsiders versus Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. You know, is that what we're looking at here? I don't know. I, I heard most of what you said uh, last night, Jeff. Uh, unfortunately, I missed everything that, uh, you know, Chris has had to say about the show up to this point. That is unfortunate. It is very, very unfortunate. Well, um, let me let me let me give you a little bit here, Vet, and then you can respond to what to what I have to say about the show. Because I did feel like it was different. I did feel like it was a different kind of show. It felt to me like someone else is booking, and here's why: um, most of what happened in these matches made sense from a logical uh, point of view, but also from like a standard everyday wrestling 101 point of view so first of all uh in the tnt championship match heels cheat and win um i like that because way too often on wednesday nights heels will take out a steel chair and a barbed wire bat and somebody will come out and throw mist in the face and in spite of that the the face still gets the win like that happens far too often on Wednesday nights. And in this, in this, it seemed like, okay, when the heels cheat, they win, which is how you win as a heel. That's the, that's the point of being a heel and winning in professional wrestling. I get it. I get right? it. And so very logical booking in terms of like what happened when. And also I like that everybody seemed to be really like, I mean, this match hit a little hard, like these matches, all of them, they hit a little harder than we're used to seeing. And that's probably just a, it's the debut show. Everybody's trying to really get their stuff in and make it look good. Um, but I liked small details too. We talked about the Miro match, right? And how Tony Nese was there to get his ass kicked, right? And Tony Nese got his ass kicked. But Tony Nese was also given at least two spots where he was able to really show off his, his athleticism in the match. It wasn't just show up and lay down, which some people that's the, that's their job but it just seemed like very very small details were being adhered to and the fact that everybody on this card looked like a professional wrestler and not like somebody who was there to bag groceries well this week sure um but then again you know in terms of the overall feel and everything i felt like uh this past Wednesday's dynamite felt different than the previous several weeks of dynamite as well. So, I mean, does that, is that something like, uh, is that, is that like things to come for dynamite? Is that like an indication of where that's going? Is it, are we calming everything down a little bit now? Granted, you know, that show went off the air with a bunch of bullshit, but, um, you know, up to that, you had a, a nice solid, uh, main event style match to open it. And, you know, they've done that in the past, but 
I don't know. It still has just felt um, different. It feels like you can get a good booking week, you know, and are we looking too closely into this? Also, how much of this show's enjoyment is, uh, I think you touched upon this, Jeff, with you and Jimmy, was like, how much of this show's enjoyment is based upon Excalibur not yelling bullshit at you? Like, a constantly. Lot a lot of it, though. Kevin like... Kelly, Kevin Kelly has a very conversational approach to uh to announcing <laughs> you know like like almost to a fault at times like i think he's way too comfortable sometimes and in this one he was tripping over names and stuff like that which i know that wasn't like he didn't know it i think it was just his his mouth getting ahead of his brain a couple of times but he does that a lot he's not getting any younger he does it in new japan he says things wrong or he says wrong you know idioms or catchphrases or whatever things he just like he's just too comfortable with this shit and it, it shows and so i like that as a difference nigel mcginnis sometimes he's making like he's making light of things and sometimes it's his cte kicking in um <laughs> because yeah remember this man was forced to retire due to his head injuries and he stayed retired so sometimes take, when you hear him mispronouncing or missaying something it's not a joke right. uh, i'll take cte nigel over literally any version of of el mascaco anytime oh I, yeah. thousand percent and, and not, shivani and yeah. jericho i mean yeah shivani is not a good announcer either i just i he just isn't i mean i don't know if it's he isn't anymore or if it's just that his role was to basically like and should be just to back up um what was his partner in wcw's name again because that guy was a good announcer well, well jim ross part of the time no, sorry, the other one. you could could be Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay was a good announcer. He was he was he was right. the real voice of WC. <laughs> could be Eric Bischoff. Could be, be a lot of people. Could be Larry Zabisco. Yeah, Larry Zabisco, Steve McMichael. Right, Steve There's a lot of people that that Tony Schiavone has done. But Tony, you know, as far as Tony Schiavone goes, you know, a Big Mac's not a good hamburger either. But sometimes you just want one. So yeah, like, I'll take true. a Tony Schiavone at this point. Um, even when he's just saying, you know, things that are very obvious or or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Who is that man with the white with the white and black face paint, Tony? We need to hear you tell us. Right. And so people, it becomes like a, a meme in and of itself when, uh, you know, when when Tony Schiavone leans into some of this stuff, right. um, and like the scissoring tonight or whatever is pretty. I mean, that's kind of funny. But, um, but you raised a good point, and and I cannot we can't contest it because we don't have any other collisions to judge by. So it, it, it's fine to be cautious going forward. We don't know what's going to happen, but as you said, you can only judge it a la carte. And this was the cart we got. And the cart was mostly good. And definitely the tempo felt different to me. Now you're right. We have had dynamites where that felt different from other dynamites, but we do have three and a half years of dynamites and about two years of rampage yeah but it's but those and those have been all over the place like exactly. so, so and, and to, to your point to your point chris about you know like you get on, on one hand you get a match where uh you know the heels cheat to win on the other flip side of that you now the dinosaur is the tnt champion and i don't see a scenario where this is good for anybody yeah, we, we weren't happy say, about this. We so weren't happy I, about that. So I will say, I will say about that though. I like, I don't, I don't like him as the as the champ either. 
But I will say that when you watch this match back, um, he's working much different. Uh, he's not doing the big flips and the flashy shit and the nonsense. Mm -hmm. He's working like a big wrestler. And I think that that's at least a step in the right direction for him. I mean, if we if if he would have been coming out here and doing backflips and 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 moon salts and whatever, then I would have called this out. I would have called this out as you know, right straight off first match, absolutely fucking wrong again, right? But I liked it. I, I you know I I didn't like the match, but I did like that he was working like a big guy. I mean, at least there's there's progression. Well, you have to take your small victories where you can yeah. get them, do you not? And by the yeah. way, Ray was right earlier when he said the answer is always penis. I know he was making a joke based on our little PWC running joke for a while. But the big dick energy was not with the announcers and everything else going around. The big dick energy was in the ring for the most part this night. And it, in, a, in the most simplistic terms, the, that's where the big dick energy in a wrestling show is supposed to be is in the ring and it was mostly there as opposed to everywhere all over the goddamn place yeah well i guess if you tuned in to see what you were hoping to see you probably got what you wanted i think that's the ultimate um that's the ultimate compliment that i can pay for this debut episode i could have also said that about the debut of rampage and so like again time will tell on all this stuff and You're clear of that but let me say that because i am evil uh right. i would have been just as happy if this show was a disaster as if yeah. it was good so you and can I'm tear it, apart. it was good so it, because i am so bipolar in in the things that make i hate watch as much as i like joy watching and mm -hmm. and and i found the joy in this one so i think that I, I think that i can actually be trusted to be objective on this one well, I don't think you can ever be trusted in any capacity, but that's beside the point. The point hey, listen, is, I, I listen. Once somebody gives me a dollar, I am obligated to keep their secrets. Only one dollar. It's it's legal consideration. It's a term of privilege. Jeff, fair enough. Jeff, adjust the space lasers. <laughs> Already adjusted. Where's the vet's location again? <laughs> so yeah, it's undisclosed, and you'll never find me. But. Um, <laughs> so so yeah uh you know you guys seem pleased with it i think everybody should be pleased with it um anytime you get to see uh jay white in a wrestling ring you're all blessed whether you know it or not uh so last night we were last time mm -hmm. we saw the right jay white not the one that you were making excuses for a couple weeks ago they weren't excuses they were they were truths mm. you know but um but yeah anytime that you can savor a nice uh jay mignon uh, as opposed to those Big Macs of the, you know, Tony Schiavone's or the, or, 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 or accepting that the dinosaur has stopped being as shitty as he once was, uh, <laughs> then, then yeah, consider yourself lucky. Great um, and I know that a lot of people were excited to see, you know, Joe and Punk after all these years. And uh, I was much, much, much more curious as to how Jay and Punk would interact, um, being as it's like kind of like a first time, first time everything. So um, I'm with you. Yeah that that is that is something to uh, to hopefully look for down the line. They haven't ruined Jay yet, so that's good. Um, oh, 
something that I brought up about the main event, I wanted to ask you about that because you're right. obviously the person to ask about this. Okay. Um, I was saying I really, really enjoy how vocal Juice Robinson is in the ring. Um, he's helping to tell a story by what he's saying and how he's saying it in the ring. And he's he's projecting enough that you can hear him right? Mm-hmm. He, you can really hear him, right? So he gets in the ring and when he's getting on offense, he's going, ah, right. And he's, he's on top of somebody or he's, mm-hmm. or he's in the corner and he's, you know, his, his partner's getting his ass kicked. So he's leaning over and he's like, come on, come on. And he's, he's telling a really yeah. interesting story with his vocalization. And I know he's not the first person to ever do that or anything, but mm-hmm. as a fan, I like it. What say you? Um, you're liking it because it, like you said, it's something that you're not seeing anymore as, as at least not as much as you used to, or maybe as much as you ever have. Uh, but I assure you that this is one of those situations where you have seen juice Robinson peak. I've been watching juice Robinson for like, well, even, even if I don't, if I just count him as Juice Robinson and not CJ Parker or any of the other things that he's done, if I just count him as Juice Robinson, I've been watching him for like six years now. This is already the ceiling of Juice Robinson. Okay. So, so don't get, don't get too excited hoping that you're going to have new Juice Robinson revelations because he is the one that's going to grab your attention first. Like of these two guys, um, he's going to be the one that because he looks weird and he has a lot of energy and he screams all the fucking time, he's going to grab your attention. Then you're going to realize that Jay is doing all those things that he's doing, except in a much more realistic way that a human would do it. You'll see him talking to guys in the ring, talking shit to them, shit talking them while he's kicking them in the corner or playing to the crowd and having conversations with people in the front row. You'll see Jay do all this. You're not seeing it now because you're just waiting to be impressed. I'm not just talking to you guys. I'm talking about everybody that's going, I don't see what, yeah, I don't see what all the big fuss is about. Um, It's not one of those things that makes itself immediately apparent the same way Juice Robinson obviously does with his loudness and his ridiculousness. But that's a one trick pony whereas jay's the total package so aw's lucky because they got the two best heels in wrestling right now under the same roof and if punk decides he wants to be a heel then you got a third one um on any given night you know and heels are what eventually draw the money once the right decisions are made right and I, will, I will put joe in the top 10 if not the top five joe ain't bad um but again, he's also, very he's not what he used to be, but he's got he, the mouth. Well, he's ve- he's very very like he again, he's another guy that I've been I've been seeing Samoa Joe be Samoa Joe for 20 years. Yeah. It's not yeah. changing. It's yeah. not it's not any different and there's there's really not many layers to it, but if that's what you want, um he can nail it for you. Uh so that's the good thing about Samoa Joe. Reliable, always credible, um can work with pretty much anybody. So that's what you want. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as far as Juice Robinson goes, yeah, he's very entertaining and fun, you know, at first. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, you kind of roll your eyes a little bit. And then he'll say something that's funny that you haven't heard him say before. And you're like, huh, Juice Robinson's funny. And then you'll go back to just being slightly annoyed by him all of the time. <laughs> okay. So good to know what's coming. Um, yeah. 
any other questions or anything else you were wondering that you know since i'm here maybe you could ask a specific pointed question or anything punk's you promo to, to start the night um i think that it was better than anything he did um short of the work he did with mjf on his first run it, it seemed like this was not happy punk this was cm <laughs> punk coming back to be serious and you know we never we never heard i'm ha so happy to be here everybody he yeah. got right to it and he you know there was a couple of really good lines in there but what did you think about the opening promo just in general that um it was good and it's like i said if this is what you were you were tuning in hoping to see he he did a perfect walk the line of like he's saying things that can be taken any way you want if you don't know what's going on then you'll be like okay and if you do know what's going on you're like yeah i see what you did so politically masterful um you know it was weird that and and jeff again you pointed this out it's weird that he had this velvet bag that's obviously got a belt in it and we don't ever see what's in there this could be i was thinking about this like why would this ever happen what would you bother to carry out a sack you know that's got this and one of the things that i kind of came up with is because mjf has that custom burberry championship the triple b um perhaps they did not think far enough ahead because you know how punk was saying like i'm not i don't know if you guys read the espn interview uh but they you know for his video package they kind of clipped a little bit of that that him saying like i don't know what i'm going to say until I, you know i got the mic in my hand or whatever um so maybe nobody really knew what he was planning to do to a certain degree you know i'm sure he cleared everything but you know um maybe they didn't know exactly what he was gonna do but he probably didn't bring an aew championship with him and tony may not have had a spare aew championship laying around so they were like all right well we'll just put some belt because we have enough we'll put some belt in this bag and we'll allude to it because otherwise the Ring of Honor tv championship yeah tomorrow, yeah joe yeah joe can i borrow that for a second we'll give it right back thanks and then it could be something like that that because why else wouldn't you just do it right so i was thinking maybe that was the thing um but other than that um yeah perfectly uh it was like i said it, it if you tuned in hoping to see um something like this then you probably weren't disappointed so so i was on twitter uh while i was watching it uh which is you know both a mistake and and interesting and I was paying attention to only certain accounts. So uh, I don't listen to a whole lot of figure four online. I listen to nothing when they put it behind the paywall, obviously. But when they didn't, I was getting like two shows a day and I pick and choose. But I like the Matt Men. I also like the Les Thatcher show. Um, but uh, the Matt Men, I like because they try to be positive, but they're also not. All right, all right, get to the fucking point. Okay. Well, now I've forgotten about it. Okay. So they're, they're typing. Is this how you do it? You just talk yourself back around until you remember what you originally lawyer. wanted he's to a, say? He's a lawyer. Oh, I'm 54. Exactly yeah. You're That's off. What I have to do. You're off duty, Jeff. Just let's, You're not let's helping. Okay. <laughs> You're not helping your own cause here. So anyway, they were typing that. Are we going to see Punk turn and join Bullet Club Gold? Because they've been they've been they've been trained by Tony Khan booking to expect 1,900 things to happen in there. And I just typed in there. I go, yeah, I don't see it, man. This show doesn't feel that way. And you know, I got the heart back. They interact, but you know, and that's why 
And it didn't feel that way. And the show delivered by not delivering all of the nonsense. Sure, we got Juice Robinson nonsense. Yes, he is the love child of Mark Briscoe and Dalton Castle. You know, I, I, I get it. But, you know, it, 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 it worked tonight. And you of all people who, who yes, I've heard that, that talk before, that you have to take wrestling a la carte. This was the dish that was served tonight. This is the only dish I have served by this particular restaurant, and it was a good first dish. And so, yes, I will go back to this restaurant. Can, might they disappoint me next time? Might their portions get smaller? Might the chicken, you know, get fattier? Might the vegetables seem like they're frozen, not fresh? Sure, but this, but from this dish, this meal, very pleased. Yep, yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're gonna get out of here, but guys, uh, let's let's go through and we'll we'll do uh, we'll do a letter grade. I am going to give this week's episode um, a B plus. It was pretty much everything that I wanted. I mean, if they could have just not had Luchasaurus on the show and just given me, you know, a woman's match that mattered and that hit as hard as the rest of the men's matches here tonight, I would have loved that. Um, but as far as the show goes, I thought it was really good. Um, it's going to get a B plus from me vet. Let's go to you first. Uh, it's a B it's a B show. Um, and that's just because there was a, just a few things that, you know, whether you want to talk about the actual work or whether you want to talk about the booking decisions, like switching the belt. You know, I know that you might have wanted something big for your debut episode, but this wasn't really big. It was just dumb. Uh, and it's something where, you know, you would think that the real um, the real money would be you would have gotten to something with Christian and Wardlow, but they already did that. They did that first yeah, with, a ladder, with a ladder so match. They, so they fucked that up, and now we get this, and it makes no sense. So that you can you can take points away from that and you can take points away from a few other things but you had your bookend which was as advertised people have been starving for this people are and i don't know about you guys but i'm sure um if i had to guess you would agree that uh we're all tired of hearing about cm punk and not hearing from cm punk because everybody just goes off the rails with their speculation for the better part of a year and almost none of it is true or accurate so it's just nice that the guy is back and people can stop they won't have as much time to cook up bullshit and try to serve that a la carte um then you know because he's going to be busy every week so you know the turnaround is much shorter and uh so so as far as that goes because that's what i wanted to see um, I got what I wanted. Was that was that six man main event bloated? Yes. Uh, was there a, was there a little too much uh, awkwardness and, and people standing around and not knowing what to do? Yes. Um, was there a little ring rust? Sure. And um, but you know I think that in the end a B grade is very fair. Uh, I actually do have a point to question for you and and uh, something okay. I talked about with Chris with that match. At the end, when Cash finally got out, you know, he did the chin break or whatever, and then he went, he rescued Dax instead of rescuing Punk. Do you think that was just stupid booking a bad decision? Or do you think that's a nugget of a story that's going to lead to Punk realizing that these guys, they're a team, they're not, they don't necessarily have his back, that they're a team and he can't count on them? No, it's just, it's just they, 
got lost or something got messed up that's probably okay. all that really was because there was a lot of stuff like that where you're just like what do you guys do there's there was a lot of thumbs up asses during this match <laughs> like like people that were like if you guys are if things are breaking down and you guys are getting in a fight you would just go and pummel the nearest guy instead of waiting and not doing anything at all because that's not the spot right that happened several times so it was just a little bit awkward but that's that tends to happen because ftr just loves to show how great they are at tag team wrestling and they way bite off more than they can chew and and try to get other people to go along with it and it doesn't always work out so, so, so cash was practicing his spear for the last three weeks and he really wanted to use it got it um okay I'm gonna, all right I'm, back to I'm you. gonna accept yours because i'm such a cynic and because this overachieved i really wanted to find my way to an a minus but i but i can't um but i am gonna go with a i'm gonna go with a strong b plus strong right b that's right Right on. Well, that's uh, that's gonna do it. We've got a, we've got two B pluses and a B. So this was a good show. This was a this was a really good wrestling show. Big Ray Hernandez in one of his comments a little bit further up here, um, who I'm imagining will uh, will highlight it once I tell him which one he's talking about. Um, that ain't it. I'm sure it's. I no. sh I know which one it is. It's the he's that's the one where he says it's the best thing AEW's the ever done that AEW's he's seen. AEW's ever done that he's ever seen. Yep, exactly that. That says something big. You know, when you've got guys like Big Ray Hernandez, you know, who's been involved in wrestling his entire life, whose dad was a professional wrestler, who, you know, helps to run HMG, is saying that this was the best thing AEW's done in three and a half years. Yeah. That means they that means they really hit on something tonight. Right. So so and don't let the fact that he's never watched AEW once in his life sway your opinion of that comment. Just take it for what it is. Yeah, just exactly take take it for what it is and take my word for it that it means a lot. Um, also, listen, I know the vet, and if the vet gives something a B, it means that that fucking show was really good because because the vet is a guy who can see things that we as wrestling fans don't just see off the top of our heads. He can see things that people who only veterans can see, um, and he gave this a B, which to me is a really good grade. If I if I was getting graded by somebody who is as knowledgeable as the vet and they gave me a b i would walk around with that b in my hand and show it to people look just get a room look. already um i'm sorry they were all booked up with you and powerhouse hobbs so uh, um, <laughs> the uh I, I i will say this too without uh hearing without hearing cult of personality twice or three times uh it's probably a c minus but anyway go ahead all right well yeah Shout out to Cult of Personality. That's a great. That's a great tune. Um, all right. Well, to end here, I'm going to. Uh, I'm actually going to do something a little different. HMG, you'll have to forgive me. Um, since it's Father's Day, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read a poem written by Edward Albert Guest entitled "Only a Dad." I'm going to read that, and then we're going to go ahead and we're going to do uh, um, plugs and get the hell out of here. So here it is: "Only a Dad with a Tired Face." coming home from the daily race, bringing little of gold or fame to show how well he has played the game, but glad in his heart that his own rejoice to see him come and to hear his voice. Only a dad with a brood of four, one of 10 million men or more, plodding along in the daily strife, bearing the whips and the scorns of life, with never a whimper of pain or hate for the sake of those who at home await. Only a dad, neither rich nor proud, merely one of the surging crowd, 
toiling, striving from day to day, facing whatever may come his way, silent whenever the harsh condemn, and bearing it all for the love of them. Only a dad, but he gives his all, to smooth the way for his children small, doing with courage stern and grim the deeds that his father did for him. This is the line that for him I pen, only a dad, but the best of men. Just wanted to leave that for you guys here since it's uh, since it's Father's Day. I know uh, I know it's a it's a big deal for me. I love being a dad. Um, I'm so proud of my kids, and uh, I, I love I love it. And so you know, if you've got dads in your life, go ahead and tell them how how awesome they are, and how much you love them, and how how proud you are of how good they are at being dads. With that being said, vet, tell the people where they can find you. Well, you can find me at all the social media uh, places at Opinion Haver. That's everything, including twitch.tv slash Opinion Haver, where I'll probably be going back to right after uh, I get off of here. So if you feel like joining me back over there, then feel free. Um, of course, you can find me every uh, Monday night at 6 30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 p.m. Eastern for the Impact Attack, where we talk about impact, and I don't hand out bees. Uh, they're lucky if they get graded at all and not just yelled at. Like, I'm an angry dad uh, who's trying to, you know, whip his kids into shape or something like that. Um, but uh, we've had the pleasure of having such wonderful uh, guests as uh, Christopher Ams on the Impact Attack, and, well... You know, you were uh, kind enough to step in to the Next Level Wrestling Review. And I don't know if you're busy this Monday, but I'll just extend an invitation. If you feel like popping in, um, you can join us uh, tomorrow. So how about that? Putting you on the spot, Chris. I'll be there. He'll be there. Ha, he has to watch Impact now. Um, so uh, with that being said, speak of the Next Level Wrestling Review, that's every wednesday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern it would be concrete except that it wasn't this week because uh big ray had a wedding anniversary to go to so we we're missing him but thank you to brandon and uh chris for stepping in and getting a show in the can with me and uh you can check out all this stuff on channel attitude of which i'm all over the place i was on light the fuse this one uh thursday with ben um i'm always on on call for the pwc like this or hmg or anything anybody needs i'm all over the place you, you're all sick of me I, i'm sick of me jeff talk talk about you even though they're sick of you too probably more so probably definitely all right on twitter at icarus fell md as you know pretty much most of the shows on the pwc and the pwc uh insinuation nigh invasion into the hmg channel attitude continues with this show uh wreckage which uh, I'll be a, a regular, semi-regular anyway, and you already know about Uncaged and Smack Attack. My wrestling podcast that has nothing to do with any of these guys, but is on the PWC, is Hammerlock Hangover with Big Daddy Cool Steve Pena, and we're, we are getting more regular and dropping shows. Uh, but my non-wrestling shows, which are my true babies, are Garden of Doom and Garden Views. Garden of Doom is more occult, esoteric, uh, mythology, history, alternate history, theosophy, all sorts of things that go bump in the night and and make you wonder and go, hmm, like there's a fifth state of matter. Huh? All right. So uh, Garden Views is more topical, legal, business, tech, uh, cultural, things like that. We're going to have a pro-Jefferson show and an anti-Jefferson show. That would be Thomas, not George. So check that stuff out. You can find those shows on the PWC and the Hameen Media Group as well. 
Uh, and I also want to need to shout out uh, congratulations to my friend Drew Yari, who had his 300th show this past week, and to my friends at the Wrestling Soup Network, who also host my shows. Right on. Well, thank you very much. Um, great big thank you, first of all, to uh, Big Ray Hernandez, who <laughs> is telling my is telling my six year old to choke me out. Um, thanks, Ray. Um, but great big thank you to Big Ray Hernandez for making sure that this got off that this got off the ground today. Um, we had some technical issues that will be solved before next week. Uh, all also big thank you to Vet for showing up. Uh, for Jeff for being always available and ready to go um, sort of whenever. And even if there's technical problems, he's there. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you very much to everybody who was a part of the chat today. You guys were killing it. Um, helped add a lot to the show and uh, want to say a couple of things. First of all, happy father's day. Um, remember to sign up at uh, channelattitude.com. Subscribe to uh to channelattitude.com and also to the hameen media group uh please if you can make your way over to the pwc that's the pro wrestling coalition um subscribe to us over there too we've got lots of shows we're doing lots of stuff um as far as me you can find me at chris ams one on twitter you can go there to read everything i have to say about pro wrestling politics and just whatever the hell else i feel like talking about and uh so for the vet and for jeff I've been Chris Ams. You've been an awesome audience. Jimmy T is a wanker. Thank you very much, everybody. Ole, bye-bye. Happy Father's Day. Stay with my friends. <laughs>